This episode is about nothing. Get excited. (laughs) Just kidding. I think you'll actually like this because they say imitation is the highest form of flattery. And if that's true, I got this idea from the Walk in Love podcast. I love what they're doing. And every week it's a husband and wife team. And they talk about something they have strong feelings about, something random. They have strong feelings about a song that is giving them life right now and a Mount Rushmore, something big and good and like monumental in your life. So I'm grabbing my husband. That's what we're going to talk about. Get excited. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. I thought it'd be fun for Brian and I just to talk about our strong feelings, songs that are giving us life, and a Mount Rushmore um, recent, you know, and long-term, like this past year. So anyways, do you want to go first? Which one did you have first? I had strong feelings first. It's kind of how I was thinking through things. Yeah, go for it. Serious strong so, feelings. I guess this is more something that I've observed, um, mostly working with college students and stuff like that. But I get frustrated for them in the fact that so many students won't use the resources that they've already paid for by being a college student. So, for example, they'll get all worried about a class, feel like they're not doing well in it. And all semester they've had... um, They've had study sessions available to them. They've had free tutoring available to them. They've had what's called SI sessions available to them where they almost have somebody who's in class with them that can help kind of teach the you know, information to them outside of class. And they get to the end of the semester and they're like desperately seeking these things to do to try to get the grade that they want in the class. But yet the whole semester they've been paying for things that have been available to them that they weren't using to their advantage. And just, you know, the different free things we have on YouTube. Sometimes I feel like we try to make all areas of life more complicated than it needs to be because we don't use the resources that are available to us. And they don't necessarily have to be paid resources. They could be, you know, being practical with those things. Tell them what you do. Um, I advise students at University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. I remember we were at a dinner the other day and one of the waitresses was a nursing student and she was asking him about, about like what can we do to help or what can you do to bring her grades up and she's like well have you taken advantage of the tutoring have you done this have you done that right yeah i mean you know using the writing center it's free to students and stuff like that i mean i think those things take some time and some people sometimes feel like they don't have time but with it being free and with it being so hinging i mean you don't have time to repeat a course um because that can delay your progression and then you're going through something you've already been through and I think a lot of times in the immediate, we think we don't have times for things that are very important for us to have time for because we don't think about the long-term consequences of our actions. I heard a story about a professor who, it was a business class, and he had like arranged with a local CEO to have his 
business class come and tour their facility. And so the local CEO like cleaned up the factory and like had it all arranged. And it was like, okay, this business class is going to come and all the students are going to walk through and see how we do things. And we're going to do Q and a and all this, you know, kind of stuff. Um, two students showed up for this event and, you know, now as a grown up, <laughs> if we want to go tour a plant, you know, with a, a tour led by the CEO, we would have to, I mean, I don't even know how we would even arrange that, make a bunch of phone calls, pay who knows how much money, arrange for time off of work. I mean, I can't even imagine that happening. And it's, it's just something you don't realize when you're in college that's at your disposable, disposable, at your disposal. So I guess what we're just trying to say is make sure you take advantage of all those events while you're in school. And I mean, I think in all ages of life, Take advantage of the resources that you have available to you to put yourself in a situation to be more successful. Yeah. Um, my strong feelings are not nearly as deep. <laughs> but, okay, this happened recently. So I, you know, make reels and TikToks on the internet and stuff like that. And <laughs> recently I used this trending song and it was just... Uh, I had like three people try and tell me, well, this song, you shouldn't have used it because blah, 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 blah. And those three people had zero, I don't think they had zero post. I know one of them had zero post, no followers, never make your reel. And I'm just like, listen, I mean, I, I get it. Like I do want to be mindful and not using like scandalous songs. And there's a bunch of trends that I'm like, yeah, not going to use that one because the song is like not good. But this one, I'm like, I mean, just, you don't even know. You don't even make reels. You don't even know what's trending. Like, I appreciate people in my real life who hold me to account. And I do have some friends who would be like, hey, you know, um, before I've posted some controversial stuff, I send it to them and I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? And that's valuable and that's good. But like people who aren't even making content, what, what Brene Brown says, if you're not in the ring getting your butt kicked, your opinion is meaningless to me. So there. Yeah, and I think that's the deeper truth to what you're saying, right? Is that it's real easy to sit back and be skeptical and kind of share, you know, what we see that went wrong. There's a podcast podcast series that I just finished up that a lot of elements were good, but one of the biggest flaws in it was the fact that it was very critical of what it saw take place, but yet it gave no real depth to any type of solutions. And and I think that plagues all of life, right? We it's real easy to be critical. It's real hard to come up with solutions. Um, and we get a lot of press for being critical. It seems like we get a lot of accolades and, oh yeah, you get them. But yet, like you said, those people who are giving all that criticism or you know, doing, sharing this podcast, like I listened to, you know, they're not jumping in that same ring and trying to get the same thing done. And they might have a little bit of a different perspective. And though I do think that those things can illuminate light on some things and even cause you to say, okay, what steps do I need to take that's better? I think that when they're soul crushing, it can be extremely difficult for people. So I think that's a, I think that's a great thing we all need to be mindful of is that criticism that we share with other people, especially in arenas that we've yet to jump into. Yes. And you know, again, like I'm not, I'm open to constructive criticism. Like we all need that. Like, you know, I pity the person who doesn't have people in their life who love them enough to tell them, Hey, you know, this is not good. But, um, yeah, it's just like the people who are sitting in the cheap seats, like just <laughs> back on. And I guess I'm so passionate about that too, because as someone who has struggled to find my voice, you know, I was looking at other people way far ahead of me with, you know, 
use any kind of platform and I would look at them get criticized and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so scared to put myself out there because what if I have haters on the internet? And, you know, I guess you're just like, first of all, you'll live. But second of all, I want you, listener, if you're in that place, like, oh, I want to, you know, have a platform, speak up or whatever, but I'm scared of haters. Like, just do it anyways, because, you know, one of my favorite quotes is the only way to avoid criticism is to be silent, but please speak up. So it doesn't, it doesn't kill me and you get stronger. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Sounds like a good segue into the next thing you want to talk yeah, about to you. Um, Songs that are giving you life. Yeah. That Oh, that was a Kelly Clarkson. I yeah, see what you did there. Yeah. I see. Um, well, what are your, what are your songs that are giving you life? Uh, well, I just um, thought of one that, I mean, I think it's been out since the fall, but it's just still been real impactful to me. But um, Matthew Westing's song called What If? And it's just like, you know, do you want to look back on your life and kind of ask the question, you know, what if? Um, what if I would have done that? What if I would have taken that shot? What if I would have taken that opportunity? See if somebody will give you the thumbs up on something. You never know till you ask. In the worst case, in your same situation you're in now, and you've just taken up a little bit of your time and their time to find out that that answer is no. Yeah. And well, for me, anything by Need to Breathe, we are obsessed over here. Uh, Hannah, our oldest daughter, is obsessed too. Carry Me is one of their new songs. You should definitely check it out. But um, I play them on repeat a lot of times when I'm doing kind of mindless work, editing or something. I just, you know, say Alexa, shuffle songs by Need to Breathe, and I just can't get enough. So if you haven't fallen in love with them yet, please, please get on the Need to Breathe bandwagon. I'm obsessed. It's time for our Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore. I'm totally going to give credit to the Walk in Love podcast. They're also going to be on the show notes for this inspiration. But now it's time to look back on our year and maybe just recent history in our lives. And what is our Mount Rushmore? Yeah. So I guess I want to like maybe recently and then looking back on 2021, although I think mine's the same. Do you, do you have one? Yeah, I think mine's more kind of focuses over a period of time. And I think a lot of times it's probably true of all kind of Mount Rushmore events. It's usually not a singular event. You know, like if somebody ran a marathon, the marathon is a significant thing that they ran. But to me, the real hard work was all those weeks they spent preparing for the marathon. It's almost like the the payoff at the end. That was the easy part. And I think a Mount Rushmore that I actually kind of saw in our youngest is that she ran cross country for the first time this year. Um, started off kind of slow. I think she's like third to last in one of her first races. And towards the end, she got to the point where she was the fastest person on the JV. And I think some of that was due to the fact that somebody literally just gave her some shoes and it just happened to work out that she was the right size. But in her mind, it was kind of a gift to her that showed that the person had confidence in who she was and what she was able to accomplish. And she just took off with that habit because, you know, as I've heard you share with me, you know, that habit for her, you know, being able to become so fast on the team has led her to um, do better for schoolwork, has led her to yeah. do her chores better, has led her to get up in the mornings and take a shower before, um, you know, even her sister's awake who's older, um, has led her to make sure that, you know, she's doing the things to the best of her abilities. Um, yeah. And it all started from that one keystone habit. There's a great book by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit. It's a little bit older, but well worth the read. And it talks about how those keystone habits show up in other areas of our life. And I was just super impressed about how true that was in our youngest life. Yeah, well, mine's, um, that was good. That was real good, by the way. Um, what's that other habit book that's more recent? Uh, Atomic Habits. Yes. Yes, both of those are so, so good and very important. Um, 
but mine's running related to, so yeah, our girls run cross country in the fall and it has just been, I mean, I cry talking about it. It's just been such a positive event, uh, Mount Rushmore, I guess, in all, all of our lives. And so it started <laughs> over the summer. I literally like ran into the coach at our church's vacation Bible school. And we like barely knew each other. It was like, oh, aren't you so-and-so? And she was like, yeah, well, I'm having the cross-country team go run over the summer. It's just voluntary. But if they want to come run with us, you know, they're not obligated to join the team, but your kids are welcome to come. And I'm like, we'll be there. So I tell my kids over the summer while it's hot, hey, we're going to run outside in the heat. Let's go. And mom, no, I hate you. They hate every second of it. They thought I was terrible. And now, like seeing them being part of the team, seeing them like, you know, get the medals and get personal records. And it has just been such an incredibly positive experience for all of us. And then realizing you can do hard things, you know, cross country is such a mental sport. Like running is not complicated, but you have to keep going when you don't want to, you know, and just watching our girls. I remember Ava one time, she's like, it's almost like she, she finally understood. She goes, Oh wow. It really is a mental sport. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So just watching them run and see how much it's grown. Them has definitely been a Mount Rushmore for me. Hey, did you know I offer online mentoring? My most popular option is booking a one-time 30 minute chat. I call it ask me anything. And if you want to continue from there, I also offer a month of mentoring. I have found a lot of girls also prefer the pre-recorded option. So I have two options there. I have a mini course, a short, easy to digest called Make a Dating Plan. This dives deeper into something I talk about very often about making a plan dating with intention. And then I have a more in-depth course walking you through heartbreak, how to heal from that, and then how to get relationship healthy. Go give me a follow on Instagram at Katie Bulmer Life, and you'll find all the info you need at the LinkedIn profile for online mentoring. That's Katie Bulmer Life on Instagram and online mentoring at the LinkedIn profile. I cannot wait to have coffee with you. I'm really excited about this new app called Wisdom. It's basically mentors in every genre you could want. And guess what? Your girl Katie is on there too. So check out the app Wisdom. I'm going to be scheduling some chats where you can just chime in and ask questions and we can just chat and have a mentoring session all right there through the app. Check the show notes, the link right under this episode. I'm going to have the link to my username on Wisdom. Make sure you give me a follow and make sure you go ahead to the app store and get Wisdom today. All right, Brian had to go back to work, but I want to finish this episode up with a few more random thoughts about nothing, (laughs) but I think you'll be interested. So the first random thought is something that comes up, I feel like on almost every mentoring call lately. So if you don't know, one of the things I do is online mentoring and the most common way people book me is through just these one-off calls. I have it like where you can look on my calendar online and just schedule a call with me. And so I do that pretty regularly, at least a couple of times a week with different girls. And sometimes we'll, girls will do repeat calls and sometimes girls will sign up for a month long of mentoring. But a lot of times I get just different girls from all over the U.S. And again, it seems like this recurring theme of rules versus a relationship. And what I mean is a lot of times I'll hear from, you know, a quote, good Christian girl who is trying to do the right things and, you know, make good grades and be responsible and get a good boyfriend, make her parents proud. And all of that is good. It is wonderful. Great. I'm very proud of her, but we get, there's tension and there's confusion when we put rules over a relationship. And so what I find 
that I am repeating myself very often on mentoring calls. And obviously there were different girls, but I'm saying, you know, a girl will be asking, well, but if I do A, B, and C, will God still love me? But if I do, you know, A, B, and C, not as well, am I still good? And I'm like, listen, (laughs) a relationship wins over rules. And perhaps the best way to explain that is since I've become a parent, I feel like I understand that better because, and I've said this before, but if our girls make all A's and they clean their room and they're well-behaved and they say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am, and they use their manners and they get all the rewards in school, but I don't have a relationship with them, that would break my heart. And I think that God is the same way that, of course, you know, he wants you to do to obedience. Yes. Not because he wants you to check a box, but because he loves you and wants what's best for you. So I want our kids to make good grades, not because I want them to check a box, because I want them to go to college one day and I want them to be successful adults. But if they make all F's and I have a relationship with them, that is a better win. And there's just so many instances of that same example. And I, I find a lot of girls in this rules I must be the quote, good girl. I must jump through the hoops and say the right things and not do the wrong things. And therefore I'm a good girl, but I want you to hear that a relationship wins. Now that's not a permission slip to go live recklessly. I think that the relationship, when that is intact, then the rules come from that. So a loving father isn't out to throw lightning bolts when you mess up or don't measure up. A loving father wants you to, quote, have obedience because he wants what's best for you and draws you into a relationship and wants to hold you close and pat your head and say, my sweet girl, I want what is best for you. And that means A, B, and C. And that is the tension. And that is the beauty of a relationship versus rules. Okay. Maybe this sums up everything I'm trying to say. I'm going back to running. Running is definitely our Mount Rushmore as a family. None of us are star athletes headed to the Olympics, but it is how it gives me all the feels. I'm going to cry. It really is. If you've ever run any length of time, you know how mentally it is because it's not complicated, but you have to force yourself to continue to take a step after a step when you don't want to. And it's just been such a great experience for all of us. And me too. I joke that, you know, I'm allergic to running because it makes me breathe heavy and my face red. Like (laughs) I don't like it, but it is something that has grown us as a family. And the five K's and the events like that are just something fun. You get a medal and everyone cheers. And anyway, it's just really fun. But to tie this all together, one day we were running, we live close to a civil war battlefield and it's this huge area Um, like tons of space for there's lots of marathons through this area and everything. And I was running with a cross country team. Uh, There was a few parent volunteers that were running and there, we were kind of new to this adventure. (laughs) I'm already going to cry. And so we're on this trail run and it's all, you know, definitely through the woods and everything. And there was this one part where I kind of got separated from our girls and, you know, there's tons of us running, but it's this huge trail and there's woods everywhere And, you know, I have this thought like, oh my gosh, you know, what if our kids turn the wrong way during a fork in the road and they get separated from the group and we can't find them? And I was like, 
Well, I mean, I would spend all day and all night and I would call in the troops and we'd call an army in and we would search every square inch of these woods until I find my girls. Like, you know, I'd move heaven and earth and move every article of dirt until like, I'm like getting all mama mode just at the thought of it. I'm getting teary. Um, And that is your God. That song, I will call out an army by Lauren Dangle. I will rescue you. Like, we run away. We think rules are what he wants and he just wants you and he wants a relationship. And when we run away and if we get lost in the woods and we go astray, cause we do, I do it. We all do it. He is the one who will search every square inch of those woods to rescue his daughters. Oh my gosh. I had to pause it to take a minute. <laughs> okay. I'm back. And Here's the last thing I want to say, my final Mount Rushmore. By the way, I love that. And I encourage you to look back as we're kind of at the end of the year. What are your Mount Rushmores? What are your like, you know, monumental things as you look back on your year or maybe just recent history that are just giving you life, like positive things in your life? And the last thing I don't want to just let pass by without mentioning is 100,000. And what I mean by that is in February of 2020, so right before the pandemic, I had a meeting with a life coach and it was a friend of a friend through a mastermind group. Um, So we kind of did it for trade. He gave me life coaching and I helped him with marketing. Anyways, I had a meeting with him and he was like, I want you to define success. Like think of a big, hairy, audacious, seems impossible goal for you. And I'm like, I mean... It would be really cool to reach a hundred thousand girls with my message. And I don't know where that number came from, honestly, but at the time, my main way of communicating was speaking to sororities of, you know, a hundred, 200 girls at a time. So doing the numbers on that, the math, it would take years. And so it's just like, okay, whatever, a hundred thousand, that seems impossible, but sure. I'll write that number down. And I literally did not even realize But I was looking back at my notes when I wrote that number down, but this little podcast reached a hundred thousand downloads in July. So simmer on that for a second. And I was able to pass a hundred thousand followers on TikTok recently, which is where a lot of you guys found me. So, I mean, I'm just saying as we're looking at a new year, as you're looking back at Mount Rushmore's, I encourage you to write down a big, hairy, audacious goal because you just might meet it (laughs) and to strive for relationship over rules. And I hope that you have some songs that are also giving you life and you have strong yet good feelings as well. (laughs) Thanks for joining me today on another episode of the truth for your twenties podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Wilmer Life so I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your 20s and come join the party.